to hurt me. And I come here to maim you. That's what I've heard for seven years. I hurt you. I hurt you. You might as well go ahead and admit it. You might as well own up to the philosophy for some of you, and that is that life sucks, and then you die. Doubt you've ever been in a real street fight. That looks at that pretty face. I don't think you've ever taken a punch before in your life. Now, now it's I, I for an eye. Now it's you. You take one of mine, and I take two of yours. You there, sitting at home. Acknowledge it's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. WWE, AEW, MLW, NWA, New Japan, the Indies, and more. It's the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday Show with Jonathan Hood. Ring the bell. Welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. You're saying, Hood, what's going on? Yes, added wrestling content. We will give you special content when there's news breaking. And don't forget... Good Karma Wrestling every Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific on YouTube. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. Hit that subscribe button. We're over 300 subscribers on YouTube. And you say, oh, 300 subscribers. Let me tell you, from where we were, I'm happy to have 300 subscribers. And I want to have more. So if you are into YouTube or know someone that wants wrestling content, we got it for you on YouTube. Look for Good Karma Wrestling. And so don't forget our show on Thursdays, as I host with Gabe Neitzel and Brian Rowitz, and of course yours truly. We also found on Twitter, twitter.com, at ESPN Los Angeles, at ESPN 1000 in Chicago, at ESPN West Palm, at ESPN Milwaukee, at ESPN New York, ESPN Madison, on Facebook as well, at Daily Dodge. You know, if you are able to go to Facebook, hit Daily Dodge, you'll be able to watch or listen to our show on the podcast. Either way, we're giving you content because you are a wrestling fan. That's why you've tuned in, because you're a wrestling fan. So thank you so much. Wherever you get your podcast, look for Good Karma Wrestling. And, of course, right here on good old TWT, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, as we record this at 2 o'clock Central Time on a Tuesday afternoon. Don't forget our merchandise as well. We want you to represent the wrestling show that gives you the information that you need. And gives you the opinions that you need in a very quick manner on TWT. The t-shirts, the glasses, the mugs, whatever you need. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. It's in my link tree, in the bio, on Twitter. Uh, make sure that you check this podcast. Look for the bio that's in the that's right there. The link will be in the uh, link on this podcast. So look for it and you can be able to get the merchandise that you want. Okay. Monday Night Raw took place in Washington, D.C. And can I tell you, there's three things that I look for as a wrestling fan. Number one, stars. Number two, storylines. Number three, stakes. Three things that you want. And what we've seen is memorable matches that have been very lengthy under the Triple H banner. Also, squash matches to get talent over. This is something that was prevalent back in the day, and we're seeing a little bit more now in Triple H. Like Veer Mahan on Monday night had a squash match. We saw Hit Row, that's returned now to the WWE on SmackDown, had a squash match. So those short matches get talent over. So I like that. Also, 
It's the look over here. What's happening over here? What's going on here with Dexter Loomis? We saw this in Washington, D.C. on Monday Night Raw. We saw this before where Dexter Loomis is trying to find his way onto the show somehow. And so that's one of those things where it's like, wait, I didn't see that coming. And that's the unpredictability that Raw used to have. And so we're seeing this now under Triple H. Triple H lived it. He worked under Vince McMahon. He was a performer. He's been a, uh, an executive, knowing what works and what does not. And it, the show now has this feeling of, boy, first of all, meaningful matches, which we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, matches with stakes. Uh, you see storylines that are pretty clear for, to follow. And stars and new stars being made on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. There is a difference. It feels different under Triple H that is for sure. If you know who Vince Russo is, Vince Russo was uh, a writer for the WWE back in the day of the 1990s, late 90s, and also was a head writer for WCW. But during the Attitude Era and toward the fading end of WCW, Vince Russo was in charge. He tweeted this, As a shoot, I'm really trying to understand why there are some who think Triple H's Raw is an improvement over Vince McMahon's. Outside of him bringing NXT talent back, what is the difference in the show? Truly looking for your thoughts to understand. Thanks. That's from Vince Russo at the Vince Russo on Twitter. Vince Russo has been clout chasing for quite a while and would love to get back in the business. He has a very successful podcast and YouTube show uh, from those that watch him. But for him to ask, what's the difference in Vince McMahon's booking and Triple H's booking? I would say that if he's asking that question, he's not watching. I mentioned the three things that are important, the three S's in stars, storylines, and also with stakes. And it does have a different feel. Uh, I'll give you an example. Just watching the show, just the feeling that the Intercontinental Championship and the United States Championship feel special, that's a far cry for Vince McMahon because it made sense to me, and I've said this on previous podcasts, if Roman Reigns is not on the show every week and he's the number one guy, the dual champion, okay? So you got to have your underneath guys be able to mean something. And so for me to see the United States champion uh, Bobby Lashley in a match against AJ Styles and then having a package, which you've seen the last couple of weeks, the video package of why the United States Championship is important and why it's great that Bobby Lashley has it. And he is in a match with AJ Styles. That was a fantastic match. One of the best matches of the past seven days because AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley went at it as if it was a house show. No cameras, going at it for 20, 25 minutes and just working out the kinks. Those two had a tremendous match. I'll tell you something else, too. Just the idea that you're talking about the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship. The package from last Friday in which you saw Gunther out there uh, against Sinsuke Nakamura. I thought that was fantastic because it explained why the Intercontinental Championship was important. And, of course, Gunther got on top and won the matchup. So I really like that. Uh, seeing Theory against Dolph Ziggler. I was wondering where Theory's been. And now Theory's back. And the physicality between Dolph Ziggler and Theory. Um, I think there might be talking under Vince. But I don't know if they're fighting in the back all the way to a commercial break. And then it paid off because Theory won his first match since actually getting money in the bank. On television. Uh, Theory, it's been a long time since he won a match. And so for Theory to beat Dolph Ziggler, now it says, okay, he beat someone. 
So I, I, I literally like what I saw there from uh, that match. Watching Drew McIntyre against Kevin Owens. First, it comes out with Kevin Owens says, you know what? I haven't been the prize fighter in a long time. And I was like, yes, the, the badass. Like Kevin Owens has been this comedy character for a while. He mentioned he hasn't won a championship in four or five years. And then here's Drew McIntyre is out there. The report was that Drew McIntyre probably wouldn't wrestle until Clash of the Castle. He had been missing some house shows because of a bad back. And then I'm watching him in the ring. I'm like, his back seems fine. <laughs> I thought he wasn't going to wrestle until the next pay-per-view for the WWE. Drew and Kevin Owens tore it up. I did not like the DQ finish. But if nothing else, you saw two guys battling. And it plants a seed for maybe Drew and Kevin Owens going around the loop at some point. Maybe Drew wins the championship and one of his big contenders is Kevin Owens. Owens is already calling a shot. He wants to be champion. I really like what I saw there. The WWE had its call today, their second quarter call. And uh, if we get a chance to get the audio, I'll post it here on TWT. Uh, they usually, I can find a link someplace so you can hear what... Triple H and what Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan had to say about what is going on with the state of the company. Uh, of course, this is com- this is a, a call that is interesting to a lot of investors. You know, where, what's the status of the company? Where's it going financially? Well, out of this call, let me just read what it says here. I just got this in my email regarding the WWE. The WWE today announced a record for first day ticket sales for WrestleMania 39 taking place at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Over 90,000 tickets were sold within the first 24 hours, more than any event in WWE history, and a 42% increase over first day sales for WrestleMania 38 at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. And so that's pretty good. Now, that could be ticket brokers, that could be people internationally, that could be people in the United States, in North America. But 90,000 tickets, uh, I think that's really a lot uh, for brokers to handle. Um, but for WrestleMania tickets to go that fast, that's pretty good. I don't think that's a gimmicked number. I could be wrong about that. Usually when it comes to attendance, the WWE likes to uh, pull our finger and lie to us about the actual attendance figure. But um, 90,000, I mean, you really can't, you really would not lie to your, uh, the people that are investing in your product, right? You wouldn't lie to them, right? 90,000 tickets in 24 hours. Okay. All I know is that SoFi Stadium is going to be lit for WrestleMania because that could be, I don't know, Roman against Rock. We will see. By the way, something I forget to mention last week, Lex Luger, the biography of Lex Luger on the A&E Network. A lot of people at work come up to me and they say, oh, Hood, did you see what was going on with these biographies on Goldberg? And did you see Shawn Michaels against Bret Hart and A&E? And I just kind of roll my eyes like, no. <laughs> because I know those stories. I know the WWE likes to be able to stretch the truth uh, about some of those stories from behind the scenes. Um, and so I don't really pay attention to those biographies, but I was interested in Lex Luger. If you are interested in Luger's career in the NWA and then WCW and then trying to become the narcissist Lex Luger in the WWE and then him bouncing from the WWE to uh, WCW... Uh, during the Monday Night Wars, check that out. 
thought it was very interesting. Lex Luger, the biography on A&E. That's the one that I'm watching. I'll watch Edge also because I'm a big Edge fan. Otherwise, I kind of know the stories. and I know how the WWE likes to um, paint the narrative about exactly what happened back in the day. Uh, some truth, but a lot of it, eh, not so much. Speaking of documentaries, on October 4th on Vice TV, if you get Vice TV, there's going to be uh, Tales from the Territories. This is produced by The Rock and his ex-wife, Danny Garcia. I don't know. Can you tell me, business-wise, from a business standpoint, has there ever been an ex-wife and an ex-husband that have worked so closely and so great together? Um, Danny Garcia and The Rock will put together Tales from the Territories, kind of like Dark Side of the Ring, but it talks about, I'm sure, stories from the 60s and 70s and 80s. We will do a companion podcast because it was suggested by my guy, Bang, J.R. Bang, uh, from First Black Champ Podcast. Uh, he's been a guest on this program before. Bang is a friend of the show. He says, you know, I look forward to a companion podcast to discuss Tales from the Territories. And you know what? I'll take them up on it. Starting on October 4th, Vice TV. If you watch that show, I will talk about that show in each episode right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. AEW will be coming to the Chicagoland area. Of course, you'd come to an A-town like Chicago. Tony Khan uh, from uh, the state of Illinois. So, of course, he's always going to have shows in Chicago. You know, All Out is on its way here. Um, the event for uh, AEW. Tony Khan says something that I thought was very odd. He says, if you like good wrestling, you're just more likely to want to see it because our comp- our competitor, WWE, has been doing better shows recently than they had been doing, I think. I think I watch them pretty often, and I think they've been better. So again, if you like good wrestling... You're just more likely to want to see it because our competitor, WWE, has been doing a better job of their shows recently than they had been doing, I think. I watch them pretty often, and I think they've been better. Okay, that's the equivalent of the CEO of Burger King saying, you know what, McDonald's, it's been doing a lot better lately. I like their new menu options, so I, I like what McDonald's been doing. Who, who, who does that? Who does that besides Tony Khan? I understand that he's a wrestling fan, but also he has a wrestling he's a wrestling promoter too. That's the equivalent of me saying, Hey, you know what? At ESPN, we're doing good shows. I'm doing a good show every morning with David Kaplan on ESPN one thousand. But you know what? Our competitors, their shows have been a lot better recently. Like who who says that? If you like good wrestling, you're just more likely to want to see it because our competitor has been doing better shows recently. What about your shows? How how are your shows doing? That's just odd. I don't understand why. I mean, sure, you love the transparency, and maybe we feel that way, but isn't he running AEW? Ultimately, some fans will say, WWE's been better? Well, let me go over there and see what's happening on Monday and Friday nights. Dumb. For those that have wondered if Vince McMahon is working behind the scenes, he is not. The WWE revealed that $19.6 million uh, of unrecorded expenses uh, by Vince McMahon have been reported. He's totally out of the WWE, and once again, even though that he holds the majority of the shares, uh, as far as this company is concerned, he is completely out of the company. $19.6 million, uh, in unrecorded expenses by Vince McMahon. And of course, we know there's been hush money involved in this as well um, through the years, and so he's completely out. Shout out to TJ Wilson, Kenny Dykstra. Uh, Sean Davari, Petey Williams, 
Jason Jordan, Michael Hayes, and Jamie Noble. If you want to know who's running the creative and who's working with the talent, I just named that list for you on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, For the most part, we're seeing a lot of these segments produced by Jason Jordan. Remember, he's supposed to be the illegitimate child of Kurt Angle at some point, some goofy angle. But a lot of this is Kenny Dykstra. A lot of this is uh, Jason Jordan, Kenny Dykstra from the Spirit Squad, if I'm not mistaken. So those are the writers that's doing a lot, according to Sean Ross Sapp over at uh, Fightful.com. By the way, checking my email a few minutes ago before I hit record. AW will be giving tickets away. By the way, AW is going to be here, as I mentioned, for their um, their all out show, for their rampage show, for their dynamite show. Uh, at ESPN one thousand on Twitter at tweetjhood at gkw underscore wrestling. Hope that you're following all three because I will let you know when we'll be giving those tickets away. Apparently, we have a nice ticket giveaway for AEW as they come back to the Chicagoland area at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. So stay by your listening device and make sure that you find out when I'll be giving tickets away for AEW shows that Wednesday... Friday and that Sunday for the pay-per-view. I'll be there Sunday, by the way, for their major pay-per-view for Labor Day weekend. Uh, by the way, speaking of shows, if you missed my thoughts about Impact Wrestling, check it out right here at uh, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I did a, a ride-along as I was driving from the Cicero Stadium. I told you my thoughts about Impact Wrestling. It's in this feed. Check it out. Uh, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Look for my thought on um, Emergence the show that they had on Friday. Jay Salamanca on Facebook. You can go to get, catch me at facebook.com. Look for Jonathan Hood. Follow me there. You can leave a comment on your questions about wrestling. Jay Salamanca says, is Triple H resigning formally released talent similar to Tony Khan doing the same as Overkill? So he's asking me, is Triple H uh, re-signing formally released talent similar to Tony Khan doing the same as Overkill? I would say no. It's never Overkill. I I don't, you know, I never understand when people say, are you signing too much talent? I I don't understand that. It's like, you know, this is not the old days where you just sign 20 guys and then put them in tags and then put them in singles and then put them in six mans and then you just deal with 20 talent. That's not where wrestling is today. It's not overkill. You're trying to get the best talent in the world to wrestle for your company. If you have the means to do so, then you sign as many people as possible. And you say, well, people get lost in the shuffle. I mean, as long as they can entertain, I don't think it matters to promoters. Um, same thing with AEW. You said uh, Tony Khan. Well, you know, he's signing a lot of talent. Yes. Um, my question is for Triple H or for Tony Khan or for Court Bauer or for anybody that is running a promotion. Are they getting over? That's the question. Sign whoever you want to sign. But are you putting them in, in meaningful storylines? Are they in matches that people want to see? Are they getting over? Remember my three S's I mentioned earlier uh, in the show. Are you able to make sure that a lot of these wrestlers have stakes? Are you making sure that they that you have talent that, that matters? Uh, that's something that's very, very important. And so... We will see uh, how a lot of this talent develops, but stars, storylines, and stakes, you know, it's got to be those three for me as a wrestling fan. I don't think it's overkill. You sign as much talent as possible and get them over. Dueto Hermandos Salgado. Uh, Dueto says, I've been 
an AEW fan from the start. I always want to see a trios championship. Now that they've introduced it, I'm thinking too many championships have been added. Thinking it may, as he says, thinking it make the titles feel less important. What do you think? Well, as I've said, what's the rush to have a trios championship tournament now? So you have that, then what do you have for 2023? What do you have for 2024? I think that a trios championship tournament would have been great for 2023, unless this is the way that you want to introduce Kenny Omega. And based on being the elite, the uh, YouTube show from the Young Bucks, it sounds like that Kenny Omega is going to be making his return uh, pretty soon here. And is that how you introduce Omega? Is he not 100%? He can't wrestle singles right now? If that's how you introduce him, that's fine. Putting him back in the fold with the Young Bucks, fine. That's what they want to do. That's great. Um, I've never needed a trios championship. (laughs) I grew up with those six-man tag team championships back in the day. And it's one way to get talent over, for sure. Um, But a trios championship? It's kind of a shoulder shrug to me, unless you have a story that's compelling enough where people will be like, man, I cannot wait to see these trios championship matches. Yeah, Even when six man tag team matches with the Von Erics and the Freebirds and, you know, when, when you had that back in the day, some of those matches were good and some of those were just like. God, another six-man match, <laughs> right? So I guess this is the way to bring Kenny Omega back. Eric Collins says, will we ever see another Attitude Era or Ruthless Aggression under Triple H in these modern times? I think yes to an extent. Uh, notice that the USA Network is good with the TV-14, meaning that you can swear a little bit, you can show a little blood, you can be a little bit more risque, a little bit more edgy. Fox does not have those same parameters, even though Fox, you know, if you swear, they will bleep it out. But USA, because it's cable, it's a little bit more lenient in that regard. Um, I think that the Attitude Era is something from the past. You're just not going to see Braun Panties matches. I think the most, um, I guess the most risque that you'll see is on NXT. Uh, you've seen the women of NXT. If you've watched that show or just even watched the, the highlights on Raw and SmackDown when they show those video clips, it kind of has that Attitude Era kind of feel based on how the women are dressed. But some of that stuff it just does not age well. It just doesn't. So, sure, you can have Attitude Era. You're starting to see a little bit more attitude with some of the wrestlers now, as a matter of fact. And so the Attitude Era is more than just swearing and middle fingers and beer trucks and all that. I think it's about the wrestling, too. I think it's also about the promos and also the believability that a fight is about to happen or anything's going to happen at any time. That's more Attitude Era that I'm interested in more so than the other stuff that we saw in the 90s. Ted Z from Hammond. Let me see what he's got to say here. I'm loving the legitimacy that Bobby Lashley is giving the U.S. championship. Not sure the match with AJ was A+, though. I thought the squash matches might go extinct with the departure of Vince. Why can't they they give Veer Mahan real competition? Well, let me just stop there. Veer Mahan probably needs to be uh, repackaged. Remember, there were, he was going to go into like this silly thing where Veer Mahan was going to be in a relationship with like one of the backstage announcers. I don't even know her, they, I don't even know their names anymore because um, there's so many. But there was a relationship angle I think they were going to have with Veer Mahan and s- some lady in the back, and I was just like, well, that's ridiculous. Um, Veer Mahan 
actually because we had the Vera's coming spots for months, right? He comes onto the scene, and obviously Vince was not impressed, so I think they were going to do something with him. I think what we saw on Monday night was actually the right thing. You put him in squash matches until and, and build him as a monster. Look at the guy. Look, look at the guy. The guy looks like a monster, looks like an ass kicker. And so I, he doesn't need real competition for me. The squash matches actually are a good idea to build him up for something. Um, as I, you mentioned the Bobby Lashley and the matchup against AJ Styles. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I did not like the... I, I liked that Bobby Lashley proved that he is vulnerable. He sold a lot. AJ... He put a beating on Bobby Lashley and vice versa, but AJ was very aggressive in the match, and it's one of the best matches I've seen from him in WWE, especially on Raw. So I I enjoyed it uh, a lot. I like that matchup. I feel Chris Jericho has been the best Chris Jericho in ages. The man looks uh, looks and his moves are great, but I don't feel the other members of JAS are getting a good push while attached to the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Um, that is fair. That is fair to say. Uh, Chris Jericho turned the clock back big time, I thought, in his matchup against John Moxley. The guy was Lionheart. He's lost a lot of weight. He's around 205 pounds. Um, he had a, a scare, apparently, a health scare, where the doctor said he got to lose some weight. And to see him look like Jericho from, like, 96 was just amazing to me. I was tripping out. Like, look at this guy, the way he's got his hair the the his is more than just his trunks and his hair his face and his body has been transformed to the days of when he was in the ECW i said wow how did he do that and so this guy's a unicorn uh jericho is one of one that is for sure now it is interesting daniel garcia had a one on one with um with da- with uh, Brian Danielson, and I thought that that was very telling. Now, I really like that matchup that they had the first time. There's going to be a rematch between those two very soon, and so I was all for that. You know, like Menard and some of the other guys behind them and Jake Hager, you know, like I like for them to be able to get over. You can get yourself a trios match with the three of those members of that faction, that is for sure. But to me, Daniel Garcia probably is the the gem out of that group. Menard is, I think, is um, <laughs> he's uh, for comedic effect for sure. But also, I think he can go as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I agree. You know, under Chris Jericho's tutelage, at some point, hopefully, those other wrestlers will be able to blossom and be something. Don't forget TWT. Whenever there's special. Um, news, or if I'm answering your questions in the mailbox segment, I'm definitely here to record and uh, talk to you on Tuesdays. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button and leave a five stars in a review, especially if you listen on Apple. I appreciate you tweeting out the five stars and that you're listening, but definitely leave a review as well that helps the algorithms of our podcast and let people know that we are cranking out the best content in Chicago, Illinois, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Don't forget Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 Pacific. I'm on YouTube with the guys talking about what's happening on Dynamite, what's happening in the WWE and everything else. Thanks so much for listening to TWT.